Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually and then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 257 of Selling the Couch. I hope that you are doing well and taking good care of yourself. I am, we are doing okay. We are, you know, continuing to navigate all of this. With the pandemic, as I imagine you are, our little one is continuing to grow up. I occasionally share some photos of her in the Selling the Couch group, which you can always join over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash community. And as I record this, we should be really close to 10,000 members, which is a pretty cool. It's a great community, really good people. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Today's podcast session is an interesting one. Uh, I'm joined by Connor McClinahan. Connor is a licensed psychologist out in Los Angeles, California, and Connor had this realization that that he was in a group practice and he realized that a lot of clinicians, the more successful clinicians, the more ambitious clinicians ended up leaving a group practice. And he wanted to try to do things a little bit differently. So he actually decided to create a, the best way to describe it is like a co-working space for therapists. So therapists can, can share all of the costs of across the board of running the practice. And instead of like the group practice taking a percentage, you play a flat fee. And Connor is here to talk about how he arrived at this, some of the things that he's learned along the way, and especially in the midst of this pandemic. So we'll get right to today's podcast session. Here's my conversation with Connor McClinahan from herecounseling.com. Hey, Connor, welcome to Selling the Couch. Hey, Melvin. Good to talk with you. Yeah, it's so good to connect with you. You have life has just been super busy. We actually tried to schedule this interview, I think, back before pandemic, right? Yeah, and it's like something happened. Something got in the way. I'm not sure what it was. Maybe a maybe a giant pandemic, right? Yeah. <laughs> giant pandemic and a and a child as well. And a child. That's right. Yeah. Right. Two major life events. Right at the beginning of the pandemic. 
That's right. I I remember when you had reached out to me and just to share some of the things that you were doing, you and John were doing. So shout out to Mm -hmm. John. Yeah. It was such a different way of looking at private practice. And I think it addresses a common struggle that a lot of clinicians, particularly solo practitioners have, which is that Uh sense of isolation. Yeah. You guys are doing, trying to do things differently, which is like essentially create a co-practice, like a co-working co-practice model Mm -hmm. of private practice. It's called Here Counseling. What made you guys start this? Well, you know, a long time ago when I was in a group practice, I noticed that a lot of the the most talented or experienced people would just leave. And it wasn't because they didn't want community or they want to be surrounded by people, but just because it didn't work either financially or they couldn't practice the way they wanted to practice. And they were just an employee of a larger group. They didn't have their own stamp on their practice. And I thought, what a terrible choice to have to choose between either being isolated and doing your own practice and being part of a community, but having to sacrifice financially and also otherwise like to be just to have community. And for me, when I started to think about that, of, okay, what am I building for my life? What do I want? If I can picture like the idea that I'm going to be at this place, you know, in my office for the majority of my waking hours, you know, for my work day, what do I want that to be like? What do I want that to be like for my life? What do I want the pattern to be like? Uh, And for me, I've had some really strong experiences in my life of just being surrounded by a community that helps me feel empowered and helps me do my best. And that's so important to me. But then the question is, how do you structure it in a way so that it really honors and empowers each other rather than a group practice, which can honestly feel kind of like a ball and chain or that you're kind of tied in to the group and you have to give up so much to to just have some kind of connection with other people? I guess it's like, how do you foster that sense of independence and free spiritedness and creativity but still maintain a sense of connection and community. Yeah, totally. Because, you know, there's this one person in a building that I was working at when I was unlicensed and I went up and talked to her to try to network and connect and everything. And she seemed fine and she was another therapist and everything. And a couple weeks later, another one of the clinicians was like, hey, do you want this side table? I got it for free from another therapist's office down the hall. I was like, oh, really? What's the deal? And she was like, well, she's going out of business. She uh, she closed up shop. I was like, Really? And I was like, and so what had happened? I mean, I think she just got burnt out of here. She's in the middle of LA. She's got her office just by herself and trying to make it work. And seemed like to me, at least from the outside, that she had no kind of network of people to really feel like she was at the tip of a spear. You know, it's just her versus LA in a bit, in a way. And that became a little bit of like a parable for me of, you know, what do I want my, my practice to be like? And how do I kind of surround myself with people to where I feel like I'm practicing at my at my top. Yeah. So I think that's that's a little bit of, of kind of where I started with the idea there. I mean, and I think it's such an important thing, right? Like the sense of community, how it fosters you to be able to do the work and to do the yeah. optimal work that you were put on the world to do, you know? Yeah. That's, that's when I feel most creative, you know, that's when I feel most like engaged with, with my work. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and to your earlier point, like, I do feel like burnout. I mean, we sort of, I feel like that phrase gets to like, it's a little bit like cliche sounding, but it's such Mm. a real thing in our profession, right? Like, I I remember even like, do you remember that book, Letters to a Young Therapist, Mary Piper? No, I don't think I read that one. No. Yeah, it's it's a good book. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, and in that book, 
I remember this distinct story of like this therapist, like burning out of the field, you know, just from like, and I, and I, that story, like in the same way you said superior, but that story is really stuck out to me and how I've thought about business too. Right. Because yeah, I mean, it's this, we do these things and it, it fosters creativity and all of these things. But yeah, the, the other side of that is if we're not really careful. It's really easy to exist in isolation. Totally. Yeah. And I, I wonder how much like the pandemic and all the closed down and, and everything contributes to that as well. I've, I've felt more of a load the last six months of even just, you know, my normal clients feel like there's more, more that they're all dealing with, even with like scheduling and finances and all that kind of stuff. And it, it puts more of a load on us individually as therapists to try to handle all of these shifts. And we are not individuals. We are kind of tribal, communal creatures you know, who are made to do our best when we're part of a larger group. And at least that's how I recognize that in my own life there. And, and so that, that's, that's something I, I've, so all that kind of was brewing in the back for me of how do I want this to look for myself with my practice? And so it, so, it seems silly that here, the therapists who are doing the best are also getting the charge the most at the group practice, right? Where, you know, 40 to 60% of their pay is, going to the group. And the more that they make, the more they're incentivized to leave. And that seemed backwards to me. So I thought, what if I created a model where it was just a flat rate, you just paid a fair a fair rate for the services that you got. And you knew that what you're getting for that instead of I'm paying more and more and more for what? And so I tried to kind of, I sat down and I kind of broke all the pieces down of thinking, okay, if we do economy of scale of everybody shares the same Google AdWords, you know, campaign, everybody shares the same website, you know, I'm able to take headshots for people, we get a a common phone assistant, what are all the costs there? And then how do I charge a fair rate for that so that it's just flat across the board? And to me, that feels like it honors each clinician there of, of really feeling like you're just contributing to the pieces that you'd have to get anyway as a solopreneur. So that's that's kind of how, how it started a bit um, to kind of provide a different option than just paying more and more for, for group practice. Yeah. So, right. It's uh, instead of being based on percentages, it's based more on a, uh, a flat fee. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you use. Yeah. Right. So I have like a ton of questions around this. So oh, sure. Uh huh. How did you figure out an office space where you were going to do this? You know, I already had a uh, like a lease on an, on an office space. And so I had a few offices. And, and so I just transitioned it over to that, you know, we, you know, so I kind of break it up by how often you use the office space. So I do like four hour chunks of, of office. So if you, if you use it full time, that's one price. If you, if you go down to like using it two days, you know, you only pay a different price. And then, then we also do telehealth also where you don't use an office at all. But you're connected to the, I guess you're connected to the practice. You're doing telehealth, but you're connected to the practice in terms of like the Google AdWords, the website mm-hmm. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You still get a phone assistant. You still get, you know, referrals sent to you and everything. You have still have a profile page and everything like that. We also do like a phone system. You still have a phone system. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of like, you know, we had a, you know, I, I needed to blow some leaves in my, in my driveway the other day. And I was like, oh, I got to go out and buy a leaf blower. And then I was like, wait a second, my neighbors have a leaf blower, you know, but Think about like, it's just such like this thing that we do. Maybe it's our own American culture or something. Maybe it's me. But the idea of like, oh, if I need to go get something, I need to go get just the thing for myself instead of like, oh, my neighbors have a leaf blower and I could just borrow that for five minutes. Yeah, right. And blow my 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 driveway off and think about the the people around us who we can kind of leverage from and, and you know, kind of share with 
as opposed to this idea of like, you know, I've got to have my own thing over here and I've got to have all these pieces to kind of make me feel secure instead of kind of being able to collaborate and think creatively together around those things. Yeah. It's such a, it's such a cool way of looking at it. By the way, I had a random thought too last uh, oh, yeah. yesterday. Well, with the leaf blower speaking of, this was a, uh, Somebody was like trimming their tree, like had one of those, uh, what are those things called? Like the, like a tree, like the branch cutter things, you know, the oh, long, yeah, long yeah. hole thing. Uh-huh. Oh, I need to get one of those. But then I had the same thought. I was like, well, if I ever need it, I could just borrow from them. Uh-huh. And he would probably love to give it to you, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, 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 here, I got this cool thing. Here you go, you know? <laughs> but then it's like sitting in our garages, right? For like 95% of its life, you know? And Yeah. Yeah, isn't that funny? Everyone has their own thing that they only use, you know, like 2% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, but we feel like we need to own it, right? So yeah, Yeah. I wanted to ask you, so in this model, how did you figure out the the components to include? So uh, Hmm. obviously, there's the office space, there's the someone to manage the phones, like, what are some of these Mm -hmm. other things that you guys you came up with? Um, Well, I was just I was trying to think about what are the things that that everyone is having to do on their own anyway. What are the pieces that, like for me, when I started, you know, in private practice, what are the pieces that I ended up feeling frustrated about how much time and effort I had to put into things? You know, for a lot of us, when we're asked to do a solo practice, we're also asked to be like a website expert, a copywriting expert, blogging expert, you know, like ads expert. And all these things, we end up competing against people who are professionals around them. So we put tons of effort. I remember, I think I spent like two weeks straight, like just doing my website, you know, maybe like, I don't know, 50, 90 hours, like a lot, so many hours. And I would just rack my brain. And at the end of it, I ended up coming up with a website that probably was not as good as some of the group practices where they had a enough of a budget to create like a really professionally designed website. And so here as clinicians, we're like asked to be experts in these things. And we can also kind of I don't know, I guess, stand on each other's shoulders and, and benefit from having all these things kind of a bit more in place so that we don't have to figure out everything if we don't want to. You know, a lot of our clinicians will have their own websites anyway. They'll have like their own personal website and that's fine. Um, you know, but they also have this resource of a website that looks professionally designed that's like made to look like its own website with its own like header image and like so it's not just like a profile page, you know, so really trying to like, how do we use the resource of kind of coming together to empower each clinician rather than kind of all kind of scrambling for these different pieces. Same thing with Google ads, right? If you hire a, a Google ads person, you end up paying them a flat fee of let's say $300 a month, and then you have to run ads on top of that. And so it becomes really expensive if you're a solo practice to try to do that. Whereas if you're a group practice, you can kind of split out that cost over all the clinicians. So that to me, all those pieces kind of made sense of, of you know, the things that each clinician needs in place. So yeah, what we have is we have a Google AdWords campaign in place. We have a website, we have a phone assistant, we have office space, and I feel like I'm forgetting something. Uh, maybe the online directory? The, yeah, online directory. Uh-huh, that's the website. Yep. And oh, and the phone platform too. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys have uh, console groups kind of built into. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yes. We all meet together weekly and talk about cases and yeah. Yeah. So to me that it's, it's an, it's a nice way. I I love kind of like, you know, being able to open up my door and see my, my friend, you know, right next to me in the hallway and to be able to just chat about the weekend or, you know, talk about a client issue that comes up or those kind of pieces that, that to me makes a difference between, you know, burnout and, and really feeling creative and connected. Absolutely. 
Connor, I wanted to shift a little bit just in the time that we have. So yeah. you started this model this year, right? And yeah, 2020 yeah. has just been an insane year, <laughs> like on so many levels, right? Yeah, seriously. You started, I think you told me you started this in January, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The pandemic, I guess, the pandemic, apparently like it was happening as of last fall, right? There was mm-hmm. early cases, but I think it really hit the US, what, February-ish, right? Yeah, yeah. How has the pandemic affected all of this? Yeah, it was it's kind of sad. I mean, we were we were planning on building out a larger office space. Like I was talking with our office and everything like that. Got a you know got all these pieces together, you know. And then the pandemic hit, and then of course our contractors. So like you guys are still on, right? You guys are still doing it. I'm like, ah, uh, you know, let's maybe hold off. Let's maybe wait on that, just because office space isn't isn't a need right now, you know. And so that was sad to have to kind of let go of that a bit. So these were uh, these were the folks that were you guys were renting the office space from. Were like, trying to confirm yeah. that you guys are good still. Yeah, yeah, because we're we're moving from our one suite, which is like a little four office suite, to a larger like eight office suite in a little bit nicer part of the of the building, and then had to kind of pause on that and hold off on all those pieces, just because with everything hitting, it it didn't seem like it made sense to invest in office space. Yeah, and so that was like a, a one thing that happened in in. That was hard initially, but it was really cool. Actually, I there was a local restaurant that I follow here in Los Angeles, and I saw that they were going through the same thing, right? Where everyone they had to close down, they had to close down their dining room and everything. And then within a couple of days, I saw they they created like a pantry menu where they you know got together like bread and flour and and all this kind of stuff to sell to the community to to really respond to the changing needs of their community and. And that was really empowering. And they were, they would post things like, "Hey, if you know anyone who's struggling with food right now, please, you know, you know, let them know they can come up to our window and, and get whatever they need." They were so generous, and it made me think, like, man, these people are so responsive to the needs that are emerging around them. They're not waiting on on things to go back to normal. They are taking initiative to be flexible and respond to what's happening around them. And I thought, man, this is what it means to be a business. You know, it's not just to have our own offerings that we're trying to get people to come and grab. It's being flexible to the needs of the community. And that was a huge shift for me of thinking, what are the new needs of of my therapist community, of the other therapists in our area? What are their needs? What are the needs of our clients? And how do we shift around that? One of the ways we did that was uh, I talked with our, in our consult group, I talked with everyone and said, hey, Guys, what are some ideas that we have around meeting the new needs of our of our clients in this time? Let's say people who can't come into therapy, people can no longer afford therapy. And so we developed a resource page with different videos and blog posts that are all geared around, you know, different mental health issues that might arise from the pandemic. And then I thought, what is what are the needs for our therapists? And we ended up that's where we developed our telehealth option of even if you can't, if you don't need to use office space, we still want to offer you you know, these services that will help boost your practice and grow your business. So that's, that's kind of a little bit of what, what we've gone through in this last, you know, little bit since the pandemic. But yeah, it was a big shift for me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's huge. And just the fact of like, I don't know, I mean, you just, you said it so beautifully, like responding to the needs of the community, like it's, you're thinking about the, you're thinking about others, right? And how you can serve others and realizing that in this season, right? Like that's the most important thing. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and you're thinking about your business, but like, and, but like mm-hmm. just the fact of like that restaurant analogy is just, it's really beautiful because mm. I feel like folks remember that, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
that's why I thought too, I was like, these people are going to be the ones who come out with clout, you know, and they're going to come out of this pandemic and the the community is going to remember them of you guys helped us. And I think that's such a, a wonderful analogy of marketing of how often we try to use marketing to like grab for other people to try to pull them into our practice, for example, or to pull them into our business. Instead of marketing being almost like an outreach toward people and giving them something that they don't have yet. And how do you give them hope or how do you give them some kind of direction or guide before they even come into your office or pay for your services? And I really appreciated seeing that generosity in the restaurant so clearly. And and that, that was definitely inspiring to me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not like a big believer that, you know, marketing should come from a place, a heart of service, you know, mm. and yeah, yeah and, and, and yeah, it's such a, a neat way to, to approach mm-hmm. it. So yeah, imagine hopefully sooner than later, but you know, we're eventually going to be past this pandemic. Um, how do you think, how do you think all of this is going to evolve? I mean, what are some of the things that you're thinking about as, you know, as we come out and yeah, I guess whatever the new normal looks like? Yeah, I, I go back and forth on that. Some some part of me thinks, you know, telehealth is growing and the need for it is growing and people are kind of more accustomed to it. And another part of me thinks at some point people are going to long for being able to see people in person again and for just reconnecting with somebody in an actual office space. And so I wonder about that. What is going to be the need for therapists to have an office space again and to be able to set that up? And then also on the other end, what's the need for therapists to kind of create long-term patterns of being able to find ways that maybe telehealth might fit for them. And maybe it's different for different people in different areas. But so I kind of go back and forth in that. For me, I'm trying to think about, you know, do we, you know, at what point do we kind of pursue that larger office space again, so that it's a resource to therapists who need to see people from a private space, even if they don't want to see people from their home again, but they still want to do telehealth, you know, that they might want something like that. So it's something I'm trying to judge right now. It's so hard to know feels like it changes week to week with with whatever news comes out. Oh, absolutely. Um, Connor, I, I feel like one of the things that you do really well, and I'm sure you probably heard this before, but you see a situation and you're able to sort of think about it and, and explore options. Whereas I feel like even this is something I struggle with is in a situation where you're right in the throes of something, it's so easy to feel overwhelmed and not do anything or even think about things. How do you do that? <laughs> mm, yeah. You know what? I think for me, I can get jumbled up in my own mind too of feeling like there's so many different possibilities or things that I don't know that I kind of get in like a swirling space about it. What's been really helpful for me is talking out loud with with other people that I trust. Sometimes that's my clinicians who I practice with. Sometimes that's, you know, I have a twin brother that we, we talk about things a lot like this with business stuff. But to be able to kind of unwind it or unravel it with another person has been really helpful to me to really feel like I can, instead of being overwhelmed, I can be creative. I can be like responsive to something. And so that, that's been something that's been really helpful in this time is how do I, how do I include others in my, in my process and my thoughts here so that so that I can continue being helpful or useful in this time and, you know, respond to the things going around. Yeah, absolutely. Um, such a great way of looking at it, right? In a season where it is so easy to feel isolated and yeah. try to do things alone, reaching out yeah. you know, to your community and to your support nets. Yeah, totally. And I mean, something that I would just advocate for if, if, if there's a therapist listening here who likes the idea of co-practicing, I mean, one thing is we'd love to have you apply to be part of our community, right? But another thing is it's not that hard to to get some of these pieces together, even if it's just a few of them, like a phone assistant or 
you know, a website or something like that to collaborate together in this time. You know, it's like, I think sometimes one of the biggest resources we have as people, as people who are, who are built to collaborate with each other is to surround ourselves with people who can kind of share that load together. So sometimes we're, we're easily divided up into, I've got to do everything on my own. I've, I've got to have my own thing going here, but it's a beautiful thing to be able to at least collaborate with some other people and to find some the, some way to share some of these resources to really lift each other up and provide something that maybe maybe a creative solution that we might not have thought of before. So I would just encourage if there's a therapist out there of like that if co-practicing something interests you, you know, talk to a few friends, think, see if there's some resources that you guys could collaborate on or share together. Um, that's been definitely strengthening for me as well. Yeah, that's awesome, Connor. Thank you uh, again so much for your time. Really grateful for for you for your just creative way and out of the box way of thinking about things. How can we learn more about you and some of the awesome things that you're doing in the world? Yeah, here counseling is kind of like a we work for therapists. It's uh, we have office space with built in systems uh, ready to go so that your practice can thrive. So most therapists, they need an office space. They need a website. They need an advertising platform. They need a phone assistant. And we provide all those things uh, professionally in one package for a low, fair monthly rate so that your practice can thrive. We have a website here, counseling.com. You know, you'll see on there, there's a there's space therapist membership you can click on. And we'd love to have you kind of check it out. See, we actually have a calculator on there where you can see what are your normal monthly expenses and then compare that to what your monthly expenses would be at a co-practicing community. And so if that's a resource to you that helps you kind of sense whether this is the right fit for you, that's a really great way to kind of get started. So here, counseling, H-E-R-E, yeah. Perfect. And I'll definitely put that on the show notes page, which you guys can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 257. Connor, thank you again for doing this. Yeah, of course. Elvin, good to talk with you. Yeah. Have a great rest of your day. All right. You too. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Connor. And especially if you have been thinking about a different way of trying to do private practice and or you've been in private practice and have realized that you need a sense of community. I hope that today's podcast session has just given you encouragement and a different way of thinking about and uh, doing things. Connor mentioned a number of resources, and you can find that again on the show notes page over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash 257. As uh, I was just reflecting on this session, I don't know, it made me want to think I was just so encouraged to see some of the different ways that we can do our profession and how we can structure our profession. And I don't know, I, I feel like one of the things that it just keeps resonating for me is just the importance of community and how much we need one another, even though many of us may be in solo or in group practices. And so I think especially in the midst of this pandemic and just all of the things that we're all trying to navigate just around, you know, the isolation that we feel and then navigating these stories with our clients and and handling our own grief and our own sorrow around all of this. I, I hope especially this session has been helpful for you. That's all I've got. So I will see you next time. Oh, by the way, I not really actually the last uh last uh, thing. We'll actually be recording through the end of October, and then I'll be taking the month of November and December off from the podcast. I just want to spend more time with family and self-care. And I feel like November, December is just going to be usually really busy times for all of us. And so, but we'll continue to have replays of the podcast, some of the more popular episodes playing on replay, and we'll definitely be back in January with new episodes. 
Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Have a great rest of your week. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.